Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. I'm entertainment editor Victor Infante and I'm here in the studio with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hi, Victor. It's good to see you again. Good to see you again, too. And we're going to be talking about... The Emmy nominations, which were out earlier today. Absolutely. And, um, well, let's start at the top with the dramas and the big dragon in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, well, as uh, we all know, uh, twice recognized as best drama, HBO's Game of Thrones is back in the fold, and they lead all shows with 22 nominations, followed by the sophomore season of Westworld, also on HBO, which has 21 and both Game of Thrones, which wasn't eligible last year for the Emmys, mm-hmm. and Westworld are going against the returning winner, The Handmaid's Tale, from Hulu, which was nominated this time around for 20 nominations. So not shabby anywhere. No, not at all. And the funny thing is, this is one of those rare years where I agree with you, those are probably the three big contenders. Really quick, just to get them out of the way. The Crown was excellent, what I saw of it. This Is Us, I didn't watch, but everybody is ra- raves <laughs> about it. Um, they deserve awards if they win them. I don't think they're going to win them in this category. Right. Um, Stranger Things, I love, but does not belong in this category <laughs> at all. And, uh, and, and, on, and although it was a great season, they're two for two. It wasn't as great as season one. No, it wasn't. And um, as excellent as it was and as well done as it was and as fun as it was, I think the only thing that stands up to Game of Thrones, The Handmaid's Tale, and Westworld in this batch is The Americans. Yes, and that, as you, we all know, finished their season strongly. I fin- finished their run yes. strongly, and it could repeat the Sopranos or Breaking Bad, which both won their last season. Yeah, and I think it, there's going to be some way in which I think that show is going to be recognized before, it, for that. And rightfully so. Yeah. And, and, and with Game of Thrones, which is a show I think you've been with I've since been, the beginning. So I've read the books. <laughs> okay, so you're big time. And I got in late into the thing. I'm actually not on all seasons, but I'm. Mm-hmm. I've watched the last three or four seasons. I've told people, and, I, and I, hopefully you agree with me on this, or you don't have to hopefully <laughs> agree, but last season was so strong that I told people, even if you don't know who these characters are, even if you don't know the complete backstories to these characters, this show is so compelling, the acting is so top-notch, and the action uh, you know, was the side of Infinity War great action? It was. There's a real sense that they're free from the books at the moment. They no longer have to worry about whether or not they're deviating from the books or not because nobody's read this far. They've passed the books. Right. There are still two books to come out. I don't know if they ever will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly no longer believe and no longer actually care. I will right. read the books when they come out. I love the books dearly, but um, at this point in time, this is continuity, Game of Thrones continuity for me. You and know? it's excitement and thrilling for someone like you who's well-versed mm-hmm. in the lore and someone like me who's a novice yeah. for the lore. You start it at the beginning, when you're, if you're like me, you start at the beginning of the show 
kind of just waiting and watching your friends going, oh, wait, this, wait, this is going to be a good episode. Just, just we'll talk tomorrow, you know? <laughs> and, you know, you're just sitting around. It's like, wait, wait, no, wait for it. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Yeah, Red Wedding, we know. Okay. <laughs> but what happens now is it's a new show for me. Right. It's, it's you don't know what to expect. I don't. And I, I kind of do in times because I think the trade-off has been that I think it is a little more – the writers now are a little more TV predictable than, yeah. than George R. R. Martin is. Right. So I think they're making decisions, some of which are informed by Martin and his books and some right. of which aren't. Right, right, right. We'll see how it plays out. So far, they're nailing it, though. Oh, I, I can't incredible. take it away. And um, – Briefly talking about snubs, uh, in my mind, the first two that come up is the fact that the Mother of Dragons and the King of the North oh, oh, didn't make the Emmy nomination list, probably because HBO pushed to put them in the lead category this year mm. rather than the supporting category, uh, which might have hurt Amelia Clark and uh, Kit Harrington. However, today was a good day for the Lannister family. It really was. And, um, you know, Mr. Peter Dinklage, of course, is once again returning for another swing at the Oscars for Best Supporting Actor. And I don't know if you noticed this. This is something I saw recently. He broke a record today for being uh, uh, nominated the most times as a best supporting actor, seven, really, seven nominations for for a sh- uh, for the show. I hadn't realized that. Yeah, I, it was something. I, I think it took a while for the record people to find that out. And uh, the guy who plays uh, Jamie Lannister, mm-hmm. Nikolai Costa Wadu, and something like that. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> this is his first nomination. Uh, and Lena Haiti, who who's incredible as Cersei, is, is nominated and. One person to a note, Diana Rigg. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lady Elena Tyrell, who had an incredible finale scene in the thing, uh, which was almost worth the price of the whole season. Oh, she was, and I mean, even when Game of Thrones was vaguely hitting its mire in the mid seasons. Yes, uh, Diana Rigg's presence on the show elevated things. Yes. Her, her, it's it's amazing how she took an actress who had so much presence in her youth in the sixties, in right, as you know, the great role of Emma Peel in the and Avengers, also, and also Teresa de Vincenzo in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes, and and but she had even in those roles she had so much dignity and so much presence, yeah. and to see that magnified <laughs> in as an. El- Elderly woman, and I will use the word elderly because yes. she, she is she's very much not young, but she has so much presence and intelligence oh. in her performance that it is spectacular to watch. Every scene with her was captivating. Well, wasn't there one scene in the show, correct me if I'm wrong, where there was like a, a heated discussion and she pretty much said, you know, it's time for the adults to talk. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, dismissed a few of them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, she was fantastic. She was She was fantastic. And uh, speaking of fantastic performances, to get to another one on our list here for the dramas, Westworld. Westworld. Westworld, just really quick, is a brilliantly acted show which covers up some kind of uneven writing. I will admit. <laughs> We're rooting for the show, though. We are. I love the show. I've watched both seasons. <laughs> yeah, you're one season up on me, uh, but as we both know, it, it certainly made an impact with Emmy voters today. 
Oh yes, and 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 every and I know from the first season, all these people are worthy of nominations. Uh, Evan Rachel World Award, of course, Dolores Abernathy, mm-hmm. uh, Dandy Newton. Oh yes, um, who plays Mave Mule Mave Mule? Yep, and Jeffrey Wright, who's good in everything. <laughs> yes, and who has a always will have a soft spot in my heart for actually for uh, Angels in America and also for. Uh, being a uh, Felix Leiter in the James Bond That's right. franchise. There's a lot of ex-Bond people in this yeah. one. I didn't realize that at and, first. And, and also, of course, Ed Harris, a.k.a. the man in black, when we'll leave mm-hmm. it at that, uh, were all nominated today. So that was good news. Yeah, no, that, and that, I'm glad that show is being rec- recommended for its acting. And the, and the writing in the first season was better than the writing in the second season. I agree. Even though I haven't seen the second season. <laughs> Even though you haven't seen it. Completely. That, that, I think that's been the consensus. And the, the writing in the second season's not bad, but right. they they became a little too attached to their shifting timeline oh, okay. dialogue. They're, they're falling a little bit into lost territory. With well, the, it has an Abrams, J.J. Uh, yeah, and, and, and hopefully... The, uh, the, I think they might have gotten the warning loud and clear from the audience, so hopefully they'll yeah, back off. Yeah, don't go off the rail. Back <laughs> off. Because they don't need to fool the audience anymore we don't need to be fooled right. we know the premise right but whatever sins that the writing staff has has committed on this thing it is so beautifully shot and it's so well acted it is Absolutely. not even funny and how good of an actress has evan rachel wood become i think she's i think she's spectacular i mean i remember her from 13 <laughs> yeah which i think she wrote if i recall <laughs> I think she might have, and she um and uh, she had a great run on True Blood, True which Blood she wasn't also. used quite to her full right. potential on that. But this has been this has been her defining is, role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, though I really think Thandie Newton is the one that's going to walk away a winner from this one. Yeah, I, I think that's a safe money bet. Yep. Although I, I've decided not to bet on the Emmys for a long time ago, especially when you don't have Twin Peaks being <laughs> nominated for any major awards, I I have to. This is no, my, by all means. This is my uh, little rant. Kyle McLaughlin was robbed a nomination. Whether or not you want to give him the award, that's one thing. But he was robbed. He played three distinctly different characters, FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper, the nefarious Mr. C, and the dim-witted Dougie Jones, all with stellar and totally unexpected results. I personally ran into uh, Kyle, uh, we're on first name basis now, at a wine tasting of his wine a few months ago in New York, and I said to him, that he delivered the best television performance by an actor in the last ten years, and Kyle asked me, "Well, who was the number one?" And I and I still agree with this is best performance in the last ten years. Brian Cranston on Breaking Bad. That 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 is a hard one to argue yeah. with. But yeah, so I think really, and I, we were talking about this earlier, the real bloodbath I think coming up here is going to be in the best actress drama category. Absolutely. Um, really quick, this list. Claire Foy, The Crown. Tatiana Maslany, Orphan Black. Elizabeth Moths, The Handmaid's Tale. Sandra Oh, Killing Eve, making history as the first actress of Asian descent to actually be nominated for the award. Carrie Russell for The Americans, and guess we, once again, her last run at the thing, right. which g- gives her a bit of a pull. And Evan Rachel Wood in Westworld. 
I personally would be happy with any of those people. Yeah, those are all spectacular. I mean, they're all good. And 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 you mentioned Sandra O. Oh, and I and I know she's the first Asian woman to be no, or Asian actress or to be nominated in this category. And she's just a great actress. <laughs> now, have you watched Killing Eve? I have. I've only seen bits and pieces. It is riveting. Every shot, all the way down, really? and this character is the, that she plays um, is. How do I put this? She is so human and so believable that you just want to follow her all the really? way through. It's great. Well, that's the making of a great show and great actor. It really was. And the, her foil, the character, I forget the actress's name, who plays the character Villanelle, the assassin. Right. Um, they are so equally matched. It's it's wow. scary. It's wonderful to watch them. It's go. like a tango. Oh yes, oh yes. It's it's a classic spy <laughs> versus spy story. Only it's two female actresses, yeah. and it's watching it. It was so well done. And the British are smart enough to make shows six, eight yeah, <laughs> episodes. They don't, they don't milk it. They they have a beginning, middle, and end, and it's a logical yeah. conclusion. So you don't get burned out. You don't have filler episodes. You know, I watch a lot of shows where twenty-two episodes is just too many. Oh yeah, <laughs> just I mean, too you many. See the pattern. <laughs> yeah, the, and and you look at uh, back to the actress category. I mean, you have a. F- I mean, uh, Orphan Black. Sh- she won two years. She ago. did win it a couple years ago. It wasn't eligible one year because of timing. Yeah. Um, she has played somewhere over a dozen characters on that Incredible. show. Incredible. Um, some you can tell e- each character is distinct. And you can tell when she's playing one character pretending to be one of the other characters. That's that's a neat trick. I mean, talking about acting feats, this is one that people will study 10, 20, 30 years from now. Exactly. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a scrappy little show on a fringe network. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it's one of the great performances in right. science fiction and definitely in dramatic television. Absolutely. And like Carrie Russell... That was the swan song for Orphan Black. That was the final season. So that's there's going to be a little bit of a push to recognize that, but I don't think it'll be as strong as it is with Carrie Russell. And as you were saying earlier, off mic, Mm. you know you have an incredible year when Claire Foy is the weakest one on the bunch. She's not the weakest actress on the bunch, but I think she's got the weakest claim claim to it this year, and I think she'd win it with this performance most years. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, and Elizabeth Moss won it last year. Yes, and Elizabeth Moss is, of course, one of the great actresses working right now between Mad Men and Handmaiden's Tale. I haven't watched the second series of Handmaiden's Tale. Um, I've I've got it saved, and I'm waiting till I have time to concentrate on it because you have to actually pay attention to everything with it. Would you have ever thought five or ten years ago that there would be too much good TV to watch? I, I, I really, it's amazing. You have to really become selective. Yeah. It's I, you have to actually even be selective on the junk food TV that you're watching. Right. You know, you have to make an effort to throw in, you know, a. You know, worst cooks in America or whatever, <laughs> whatever your, whatever your lip sync battle. Though lip sync battle, of course, is nominated too. Um, I mean, TV is no longer the dumping ground for mediocre actors. You're no. getting the best performances, the best storytelling, and even the best direction. Yeah, and a lot shows. of it is because you have this ability to tell a story in a more laid out fashion. Yeah. 
So it's not making in the past when TV was formulaic and serial, they would you know, no great actors really wanted to deal with it oh. unless they were being paid a lot of money for you know a short run or something. Right. But now they're doing you know much more sophisticated work. They have this opportunity to really do something different, something you can't do on the big screen because you just right. don't have the time. Absolutely. And that's a new, new, and, and it's interesting. And, and the fact that HBO and Showtime and and uh, these other networks, Netflix, who yeah. Netflix, of course, t- 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 took home the most nominations. Absolutely, and beating HBO the first time in a ridiculous years, of years, years. And you think they're not uh, besides the restraint of uh, in the story talent, uh, not having those restraints. They don't have to sugarcoat stuff either. No. It's all not like network TV where you have to. Although network TV still pushes, have been pushing the boundaries solely to push the boundaries. But these shows are just good through and through, and they're not like trying to give us something that's. Uh, no, and there's still out. there is still some great work being done on network television, and, and a lot of it is actually being um, recognized here. Um, but the fact is, you know, especially with comedies, you know, blackish being up for a nomination right on there. Um, not a, a lot of co- comedies that I actually watch are on this list, which is fine. Well, it's funny. I saw the list, and uh, I mean, and I'm not really watching these shows either, not saying that they're bad shows, but the thing that struck me this uh, odd on the list, and not trying to get controversial, mm-hmm. but it's amazing that Roseanne didn't make the list. It is amazing. Well, I don't know if it's amazing because I've never liked Roseanne. Okay. <laughs> I never, I never, it was never my thing. And so I didn't watch any of this. Right. Despite, even before all the controversy, the con- I just wasn't all that interested. Um, they, she, um, I mean, the ratings went through the roof. The ratings world. were fr- through the roof, but it did sound like it was a fairly conventional sitcom I structure. Saw the fr- I saw the first episode, and I thought it was actually very clever okay. and very funny and very well acted. And Laura Metcalf. Yeah, Laura Metcalf, who, who is, is nominated. Who is always incredible, is nominated. Mm-hmm, and I love John Goodman. Who was nominated for Academy Award last year. Indeed. Uh, rightfully so. One of the, one of the great act- actresses or actors the, of our time. You know what surprises me that's not on this list? Actually, there's two shows that that I were kind of snubbed on the comedy list. One is Brooklyn Nine Nine, right? Which got canceled in a fan campaign, got it saved. <laughs> God bless them. Yeah, and and that is a stunningly funny show. I yeah. mean, every episode, straight straight up, and The Good Place on Fox, oh. with, which I think got a couple nominations farther down the list. Uh, Ted Danson, I think, for best uh, supporting oh, that's actor or something. Though. That's uh, on. That's on. NBC, um, I believe. I think it's on. I'm, I'm well, not we sure. won't argue about that. I'm that's not sure off the top of my head, but, but um, I watch everything on Roku right now. Okay, um, but it's. Um, but it is a network television show, basically. Right. And, and uh, Modern Family was a nominated. Yeah, and Kristen Bell didn't get nominated for Best Actress in that. And I and she's the show. She, yeah, and she's spectacular. Yeah. It. I mean, it's, it's, it is funny. It is written well. Some of these, I'm not sure, are really comedies, like Atlanta or Glow or The Marvelous Miss Meisel, which is, of course, about a stand-up comic. They're brilliant shows by what I've seen of them. Yeah, the comedy category seems to be a little... Amorphous there. <laughs> uh, amorphous there. But I will predict, with nothing to base it on, that this is going to be a good year for Donald Glover. I think oh, he's he is so much in the zeitgeist right now with everything he's doing from the Atlanta to 
his work as Childish Gambino and the the success of the This Is America video. Right. I think all of that's going to combine to just yeah, a great yeah, perfect yeah. storm for him. I think you're right on that. And uh, I mean, uh, not that we're big on the actress category, but Julia Louise Dreyfus is not in the mix. Yeah. So that's so somebody else has a yeah, shot. Yeah. So at all it. those people have been uh, biting their tongue in the audience for the last. Uh, uh, nine, uh, seven years can now hopefully win one. So and we're, we're going to have a big night that night on that. I'm going to place my money on Rachel Brosnahan for the marvelous Miss Meisel with um, a slight outside chance of Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish and in my heart Issa Rae for Insecure. But I, I as the show that. wasn't nominated, <laughs> I don't think she's going to get it. Uh, we need to wrap this up fairly soon here. So really quick, just a couple things that are exciting in there. Um, television movie or limited series, Black Mirror, USS Callister. Very excited. That was such a good episode. <laughs> each, um, for those who don't watch Black Mirror, it's an um, anthology series, so each episode is basically a self-contained movie. It's not. The characters don't repeat and such, usually. So is that the one you want to see? I do want to see when that win. Um, I'm very excited. I think the winner is going to be Fahrenheit 451 because HBO has got push. <laughs> but, um, you know, Michael Jordan, good year. <laughs> but um, in my heart, it's Black Mirror. It's the, the Enterprise um, Star Trek sp- spoof, as it were, that was at points horrifying. It was great. Oh, really? It was really well done. And to cap it off here... Um, John Legend. John Legend. Yes, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take uh, this for a second. As sure. we, uh, we both are well aware that he could he, he could be joining the EGOT club. Uh, he would be the thirteenth. The thirteenth. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, thirteenth. <laughs> and uh, and actually, he's not the only uh, one connected with this show that could get uh, because uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber oh. uh, um, from music. Uh, I guess it's in the best live variety special category. Oh, so then that's something we were talking about earlier. And uh, Tim Rice are both uh, an Emmy shy of an EGOT. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And uh, now Legends nominated for Best Actor. Yes. For a one-time short movie. Or I forgot what the, the name of the category. Yeah, it's... um. Lead actor in a limited series Lead or movie. Actor. I honestly don't think he's going to win it for best actor. It he, seems like a tough game. Well, he, he's a great singer. Oh, I, I love it. I reviewed John Legend at the Hanover, yes, actually. Yes, uh, and he's a great singer. I think he's a better singer than an actor. He did do a good job. He was spectacular. But, I mean, uh, between uh, Hamilton's Brandon uh, Victor Dixon, who played Judas, who stole the show, yep. and Sarah Burrells, who... Floored me as Mary Magdalene. Yeah, she was spectacular. Uh, and they're both nominated for support awards, and they, I think, could and should win it. Uh, who knows? It might be a, it might be a phenomenal night for uh, John. It might be a legendary night for John. <laughs> legendary, a and, legendary evening. Not that we're trying to suggest anything. And, uh, the and, telegram um, <laughs> one thing I, I got to say, uh, because uh, I, I was up and down on Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> the crucifixion scene. You have to see it, mm. uh, even if you're not religious or spiritual or anything. It was so awe-inspiring and breathtaking. I thought it, I agree. That I agree. legend might win on the power of that I think, I think 
Jesus Christ Superstar deserves something just for being the first of those live musicals to really be able to carry it all from beginning to end right. without any big dead spots in the middle. Right. And, and the Wiz came close. The Wiz was good, but there was still some kind of meandering in there until not all the performances were even. But love it or hate it, it took that ball and it ran all the way to the finish line. I mean, what it. a major risk. It's it not, really it's was. It's not an easy uh, musical it's really to difficult. do, and they're doing it live, so it's like they messed up. And a lot of the other live musicals have not done very well. Yeah, they ha- there has been some we won't pick on today that no. have been unwatchable. Yeah, yeah, they really have been. But you know, as much as I love John Legend, he- here's who he's up against in that category. Antonio Banderas. Darren Chris playing, you know, the assassination of Giovanni Versace. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for Patrick Melrose, probably your front runner there. Jeff Daniels in The Looming Tower, which I didn't watch, and and Jesse Plemons from the USS Callister. Um, I yeah. Mean, and uh, one thing, uh, being that you brought this up, I haven't seen the Antonio Banderas portrayal. I hear good things. Picasso. But I saw a picture of him playing Picasso from that. I thought I was looking at Pablo Picasso. And this is considered to be one of the the sexiest men alive or people's best-looking man alive 20 years ago. And the fact that he made that transformation, I mean, it's it's like seeing like an Anthony Quinn-type transformation. is is amazing. I think it's easy to lose track of just how good of an actor he is because he's so famous for being Antonio Banderas. <laughs> <laughs> but he is actually he 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 is an actor who can really transform himself. And he was the best thing in Vita. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, I think we have managed to run through the major categories pretty quickly. There is there anything else we want to throw in, throw out? I think we did good. <laughs> One big snub that wasn't Twin Peaks. We'll end on that. Oh, gee. I, well, I, I mentioned the two Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know if there was another one uh, that sticks. So Twin Peaks is your big is your big. Yeah, I mean, uh, David was uh, David Lynch was nominated for best director, and if he doesn't win best director for a limited series, I'm not watching the Emmys ever again. And he's nominated for a writing award uh, with a uh, Mark Frost. But uh, there's yeah. one episode of Twin Peaks, episode eight for the Twin Peaks fans that is. Groundbreaking television. You would never, you have never seen anything like this ever before, and hopefully, it'll be recognized for that. Excellent. And I'll stick with my snubs being Kristen Bell for The Good Place <laughs> and Andrew Brower for Brooklyn Nine Nine. Maybe Terry Crews for Brooklyn Nine Nine too. All right, that has been another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. We'll be back next week. Thanks.